Welcome back to the Risk Report. My name is Roman the Stoic. Um, today is Monday, March 8th, and we are back from a relatively nice weekend. Um, just want to say a huge shout out to my girl for you know going all out and really uh, giving me a good experience this weekend. It was a good time. We got to drive up to Orlando. I got to stay with my family, see my parents. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. We went to <clears throat> we went to Universal, um, Universal and Islands of Adventure. Started drinking hella early. I posted it on the podcast page. And if you don't follow the podcast, please check out the Risk Report on Instagram. It'll pop up with my you know all my shit on there. So um, yeah, I posted a little story. It was like you know, definitely being judged at nine in the morning with a couple beers. So I definitely felt it in the lines, uh, uh, just getting judged drinking early, but it was Mardi Gras, you know, there's Mardi Gras and I was celebrating my birthday. So they can go fuck themselves, right? Whoever's judging. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good time, man. Um, I definitely have a lot to talk about today. (laughs) Or whatever. Had a lot of experiences that were pretty funny. Like, as soon as we got in there, so, you know, it's my birthday. I, I got a couple Eddies, you know, I got a couple edibles. Um, We got up hella early because, you know, with the whole COVID thing, it's like, um, it's like first come, first serve, right? It's not like Disney, you got to reserve a slot or whatever. And if you don't make that slot, then too bad you got to reserve another day. Uh, it was like first come, first serve. So we're like, fuck it, let's get up super early and we're going to get out there. So we got we got up at like seven in the morning. The park opened at eight. We were there by, I want to say 8.30. Yeah, I think we were there by 8.30 because we had to go get our tickets and shit. And then, um, so yeah, eight thirty. I had I had already eaten the edible pretty early. As soon as I woke up, as soon as I got in the whip, and um, you know, so so by the time we're strolling up to Islands of Adventure, I'm already two hundred milligrams deep, and uh, you know, things are already starting to look a little <laughs> a little weird to me, like fucking. Uh, yeah, I haven't been there in years, man. I haven't been there in 10 years. So to see Islands of Adventure and shit like that in a different light, it was tight. But as soon as we walked in, uh, so, you know, one of those greeters or whatever is like, goes up to my girl. And he's like, love your hair, right? Love your hair. And I just, I, I didn't even say anything. I was almost speechless, you know, because it's 738 in the morning and this guy's already fucking hitting on my girl. I could not believe that. So I was already like just kind of speechless by that. I'm super high. I'm like, all right, whatever. Let that slide. He's giving her a compliment. She deserves compliments, right? <laughs> you know, she deserves compliments on her hair. She's She's got like silver hair right now. So he's like, love your hair, right? And she was like, wow, right in front of you, huh? Uh, <laughs> so that's how that started. And, um, you know, I'm used to going uh, – through like the crazier side, through the the Marvel Hulk side and all that shit. I I usually do those uh, rides first, but we decided to go through the right. So we got into Dr. Seuss land, right? We got into that controversial cat in the hat side, you know what I'm talking about? Um, which I don't really know what the fuck's going on with that 
cat in the hat bullshit, why people think it's controversial. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm going to have to look into that when I do the, the Facebook timeline or something. It'll be one of the stories that we're going to look into. But <clears throat> so, yeah, we were in the Dr. Seuss area and we go to the cat in the hat and it's like, a you know, we get on right away. Nobody's there. And uh, we got in the same cart as this like little girl and her mom. Right. And they're they're in front of us. And, dude, I am tripping out. I am like, you know, that Eddie, that was the strongest that Eddie was going to hit me all day. OK, so I'm off 200 milligrams. Uh, and we start going on this fucking ride and did I just the entire time I was holding back my laughter. I didn't want to just crack up and just be laughing, um, and ruin that little girl's magical experience. Right. So I was holding my laughter back, which made me laugh more. And so basically I'm just, you know, sitting in the back seat over there, just like spinning, um, and just laughing my ass off, like super quietly, you know, just like damn near dying and crying and tearing up and shit the whole time. And I can't really tell you why it was so goddamn funny. It's just, everything was just fucking hilarious. The fact that I was there and things were looking so, you know, wild. And and the first thing that I'm going to go see is the fucking cat in the hat. Dr. Seuss area is just like funny. So that was a great start to, you know, the islands of adventure. So we're, you know, we're at the cat in the hat and then what else happened man i mean my girl's just like looking over there like oh, over at me like are you laughing are you okay like what the fuck's going and i'm just dying i'm covering my face the whole time because i'm <laughs> i'm trying not to laugh like an asshole in front of this little girl <clears throat> but i got a cool concept out of there because you know the ride's like you're just spinning around and shit and they're like one fish two fish you know what i mean like trippy ass fucking things just like flying around they haven't changed the ride since fucking 1975 you know what i mean it's still the same goddamn ride and uh i just i was laughing dude everything about it was just fucking making me laugh but i got a cool idea out of it because that towards the end you know it gets to like the crazy point and it starts spinning and then there's like this glow in the dark room and they got these little things spinning around and they got artwork on it that's like glow in the dark and that gave me an idea for maybe hosting some sort of gallery show or doing some some sort of gallery where it's like black light the whole room's black light and all the pieces are glow in the dark and maybe there are some moving pieces or maybe there's some projector, you know, some pieces that are projected. And so that gave me a cool idea for, you know, possibly like a, a gallery showing I might want to do or, or just, you know, some pieces I might want to work on um, because the studio I work at, they do a lot of black light stuff. <clears throat> so it gave me a couple ideas. Um. And then what else, man? I mean, you know, you're just walking around. The whole place was packed. You know, it wasn't like we got there early. So it wasn't too crazy right away. But by the time we finished Islands of Adventure, um, it was packed, right? By by 11 o'clock, it was fucking packed. And every ride was over an hour long after that. But we got there early, so that was good. And, um... You know, everybody's wearing masks and shit. I was, I was kind of th- tripping about that. I was thinking about like a lot of crazy shit. Obviously, I'm, you know, off of the Eddie, and um, 
you know, everybody's in masks and shit, but you know what I noticed about the whole mask thing is like when you communicate with people and you're wearing the mask, you know, you're looking at each other's eyes and you're communicating through your eyes and, you know, there's something special about that type of communication. You could see, you know, you could see what a person means through their eyes, uh, to put it simply, right? The eyes are the window to the soul, you could say, so... You know, instead of focusing on somebody's mouth, you focus on the eyes, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that's just some of the high shit I was thinking about. I also thought about, what was it? We got on, uh, went to the Harry Potter world, right? Because I'm fucking, you know, you're seeing all these like, <laughs> you're seeing all these people in their uh, Harry Potter gowns and shit coming in. And, you know, like people probably just spend the whole day there drinking butterbeer and, and getting fucking and sucking wands and shit, you know, sucking each other's wands and shit, playing, playing with each other's wands. But uh, we went out there because we, you know, we never fucking seen that shit. And so <clears throat> uh, we went on this one ride that was tight, dude. That was the best ride, I think. And it was the Hagrid's motorcycle ride, dude. Same thing. I was just fucking cracking up the entire ride, dude. Like, I could not stop laughing because the guy behind me was just screaming so hard, man. I mean, they took out Dueling Dragons back in the day. That was the ride, right? The fucking the dope ride. Well, they took that out and they remade it into that Hagrid's motorcycle ride, dude. Yo, they got you flying on that ride. Like, you're going so fucking fast, way faster than the Hulk. And the dude, I was cracking up the whole time because the dude behind me is freaking out. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> just screaming the whole fucking time, dude. I just couldn't stop laughing. And it was a pretty intense ride, though. And then all of a sudden, it just sends you backwards, like, half of the ride. And then drops you into, like, a whole different portion of the roller coaster. It's It's a pretty intense one. Um, so we did that one, but on the way to doing that one, you know, you're going through the line and shit and they have this one room where it was like holograms, right? It was like a hologram, like a, like a stage almost like a, you know, like a theater stage as you're, you're walking through this line, they got like a theater stage and I guess they got a projector or something showing this hologram and dude, that looks so real. That looked like it was, um, you know. So a real person or a real dog it was the dog doing it too but they had like a dog roaming around in hologram i was kind of like whoa dude what if that's going to be the future of tv people are just going to set up like a little stage thing in their house and then you know <clears throat> future of tv future of movies and movie theaters is going to be like this hologram uh shit dude like imagine imagine every movie we see in like 30 years it's like a th super 3d in the sense that it's like right there it's like holograms you know and so i was tripping thinking about that um what else happened man oh they give you hand sanitizer after every ride which kind of is crazy so you know you go through your line and then before every fucking ride before you get on they they spray you down with the hand sanity and so after the whole day, you know, you go on 20 fucking rides. That's a lot of sandy, bro. That's a lot of hand sandy. Um, yeah, but that guy behind me yelling was just so fucking funny, man. So fucking funny. Um, what else does the Harry Potter shit have? <coughs> Harry Potter shit had like... 
Oh, you know, in Harry Potter, they got these fucking um, the the paintings that move, right? Like the the paintings that are like they're like moving around and talking to you and shit. But it's like a classical painting in a in a in a frame. Um, we were walking through the whatever Hogwarts or whatever Harry Potter ride we were going to, and um, yeah, I looked at that and I was like, dude, that's the future of fucking pictures right there. <laughs> You know, that's the future. We're going to have frames that are going to have like TikTok or videos or um, how do I put it? Like a boomerang. You remember the boomerang shit on, on Instagram? Like a boomerang of you or something. It's going to be a picture or like meme pictures or some shit, you know, or like TikTok movement pictures, but on a frame. You know, we already have the frames that, that show you pictures, right? They show you like 20, 30, 50 pictures that you have maybe saved in your album. But I'm I'm thinking like in the future, I would say that's going to be a normal. You know what I mean? It's not going to be no hardcover, hard fucking photo. Like I have a couple photos and shit here at the house. And I have them hung up and, and up on shelves and stuff. Well, you know, that's going to be obsolete in 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I mean? So it's like crazy, kind of crazy to think about, man. It was like peering into the future almost. But, you know, I was also thinking like, what the fuck is uh, Islands and Universal going to do now that, you know, Disney owns uh, Marvel, right? Disney owns Marvel. So there's that whole side of Marvel at Universal that they got. Like, what's going on with that? I think Universal is going to have to, or Islands of Adventure is going to have to kind of close that area down. Even that Diddly Do Ride area, you know, even that whole old ass tune ass area, bro. You're going to have to redo that. You're going to have to do something else. Um, I had read something that maybe Universal is going to help open Super Nintendo or something like that. So maybe it's going to go there. Who knows? Uh, that would be better. You know, I would understand that. And and then Marvel shit, you know, the Hulk's cool and all, but that shit got to go, bro. That's probably just causing lawsuits. They're probably just paying Disney out the ass for the rights there. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see something new, you know? Um, and Universal had, Universal had a lot of new stuff too. They had the Mardi Gras thing going on, which was good. So we did like this uh, Mardi Gras pass where you fucking, you pay like 50 bucks and you can get 10 items that you could try from the Mardi Gras thing. And it works out because the the items, they got like these carts and, you know, they got like Puerto Rico or uh, New Orleans or the Bahamas or, you know, Creole food or whatever. They just had a bunch of different little stands with different foods and different drinks. Um. And you can go around and you can like sit, you know, get get one of each or get two of, you know, whatever you want there. But you got up to 10. And so me and my girl split that and that was cool. Because, um, you know, everything comes, everything's like 10, 12 bucks. So for it to be 50 bucks, it comes out to like four seventy five each or something like that. So every five bucks each, let's say simple, you know, it really, it, it was worth it. And that got us pretty hammered. <clears throat> and we had some really fire arepas. Too. Um, overall, man, it was a it was a good fucking birthday. Probably one of the best birthdays I've had. Um, and my girl really treated me, so that was nice. So thank you, Haley. Um, what else did we do? 
yeah, we we went out to dinner at the at the Edison. It's like this, like kind of like a speakeasy looking place in downtown Disney. And that was cool. And they had a they had a band there playing. The guy was fucking crushing it. This keyboard keyboard player, the singer, he was fucking crushing it. Told the waiter to bring the fucking wet floor sign out here. You know, got my girl excited and shit. This fucking keyboardist. <laughs> no, he was crushing it. He really was. Um, well, we we also went out to dinner at uh, Texas de Brazil on my actual birthday. This one was a good one. We went out to dinner. Uh, yeah, Texas de Brazil. And I'd never been there. You know, these fuckers are shoving meat in your face, you know, like crazy. Like they're just coming around. Do you want uh, sirloin wrapped in bacon? You know, it's like, what the fuck? So they're just, you know, we got way too much food and we got way too full. And it was hard to say no. You know, I looked at my girl and I told her this is this one. This is what uh, what it must be like for a girl to go out, you know, go out for to get drinks and shit. It's like going to dinner at Texas de Brazil. Yeah. Going out for a girl to get drinks is like going out to dinner at Texas de Brazil. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> <coughs> You're just getting shoved meat in your face. So much meat in your face. You don't know when to say no. Um, <coughs> yeah, man. It was a good time. It was a good time. I had a lot of fun. I got to see my parents. Um, yeah, man. Went by quick, but you know it was it was needed, dude. I, I'm me and my girl. We're constantly working. Um, you know, now we're back. We're back to fucking working all week and and back to the grind. But even to just get like three days like that off was fucking nice and um, and relaxing. The only thing is, is eating out like every fucking night and and um, Eating excessively, let's say that, like starting out with the fucking, uh, with the Texas Day Brazil, and then each night it was like we were just eating excessively. It's too much, man. It just got like, my, my by, what was it, Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night, uh, I'd woken up in the middle of the night, my stomach was just flipping, turning upside down, fucking went and yacked. I, I mean, we had been drinking all day, granted, and all that shit. But it wasn't like I was uh, super hammered when I went to sleep or anything like that. I think it was just, man, I was just uh, being very gluttonous this week, <laughs> this weekend. So I paid the price. I don't ever want to do that shit again. You know what I mean? Um, there's no need to eat all that much. I I felt, I think we both felt like we had to eat that much because, you know, of how much things were, you know? It's like, oh, well, we got to get our money's worth the, that we're doing this. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, there's no need, you know, just pay for the experience, I guess. Cause other than that, you're going to pay your asshole and your toilet's going to pay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> now we're back. You know, what can I say? Um, it was a good time. I was definitely tripping out though. I was definitely tripping. Uh, yeah. And they fucking changed up. Um, they changed up downtown disney so much it's not even called downtown disney anymore it's called disney springs and you know before when i I grew up there i went to elementary school to high school there right and um yeah i lived right by it so growing up that's where we would go to go out to go see movies to go out to go see shows at the house of blues 
Um, and you used to just be able to park in the parking lot that was right there. It was like just a fucking regular parking lot. It wasn't a parking garage or anything like that. And you walked in and it was no problem. Now you got to fucking go through this crazy ass parking garage with four floors and they got like seven parking garages and um, they got cops everywhere. And then you got to cross this fucking bridge and do the whole COVID, uh, you know, whatever. Thermometer shit. And and then you got, it's just so much walking to get to downtown Disney. You know, so much like traversing <laughs> to get to downtown Disney. And then you get there, it's like way different, man. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. It looks, I, I would say it's, it's honestly does look a little more lively than what it used to be, but the whole side that we're used to being, all right, let's just say this, it switched because when I was growing up, the side that we were going to was the house of blues, the AMC, uh, where the bongos was, where the, the cigar shop is, all that shit. That's where we were always going. And that was the more lively side. Somehow, and, and before it was strikes, there used to be the Virgin, the Virgin Megastore. Um, and, and over the bridge over to where now it's super popping, they got the Edison and all these restaurants and bars and shit. That was the place. It was like the nightclubs that were all like taken down or some shit. You know what I mean? So it was always dead in that area. <clears throat> and so now it's a little different. It just seems like they just got so much shit and, and, and rebuilding. They, they took out bongos. Can you believe that? They took out bongos and they took out Wolfgang Puck. And they made all new fucking restaurants there. Uh, they got like a whole new little food trucks. I mean, it's going to be tight in like a couple years for sure when everything's finally um, made and done and, and all that. So that'll be tight to see. But it's just different. You know, you grow up with something, you get used to that. And it kind of, you know, freaks you out when, when things are going different. But hey, it, mad tourism, it's it's constantly fucking packed. They're obviously making a ton of money. That's where you'd want to go work as a server or something is one of those fucking restaurants. You know, oh, I brought my golf clubs down from uh, from my parents' house because I used to play golf. Not, I'm not fucking good at golf, okay? I'm, I'm pretty nasty, I will say, with the chipping and the putting. With the chipping and the putting, yeah. <laughs> I'm nasty with the chipping and the putting at times. My drives suck, okay? My drives not very far, and they always cut right for some reason. Um, I think it's the way. It's been so long since I played, but I think it's the way that I swing, and when I swing, I kind of turn my wrist at the very last moment to kind of go more open, and I think that's what's making the cut. But whatever. It's been years and years. I legit haven't played since probably 17, 18. Um. And I used to even play for the high school team for that last year. It was fun. We'd just go out there, we'd smoke, <laughs> we'd smoke, and uh, no one was watching. You know what I mean? It was like you you keep the score, <laughs> so it's like no one's watching you. So you know, you go out in twos, and you know, I'd be, I'd go to my opponent and be like, "Yo, you want to burn down or what?" You know, like I got a blunsky. So uh, that was a good time. I'm excited. I brought those fucking clubs down. I'm gonna go out with my homie Peeps, DJ. I got us some cigars. Um, I definitely want to hit the driving range first. <clears throat> and then maybe maybe hit a couple holes on... Not this Friday, because this Friday I'm actually getting a tattoo. 
Um, that's that's my birthday gift to myself is the tattoo. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be out there playing golf. I'm looking to try and play golf like at least once a week. That'd be fucking tight if I could hit the range at least once a week, right? My girl's got the wine Wednesday with the girls, so I might as well go fucking hit balls with the boys. <laughs> hit some balls with the boys, you know, whenever, once a week. Just to do something different, you know. Um, I think, you know, people, you need that escape, right? Uh, we all, most of us, let's say, we all work so hard, man. We all work, 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 work. That's all we fucking do, you know. And uh, we need escape. We need time to, you know, I mean, chill and, and, and reset the energy and um, get your mind away from from the everyday bullshit of life that is, for the most part, I don't know, not not as serious as we should make it out to be, right? It's not, <clears throat> you know, what's truly important about life at the end of the day, you know? Um. And yeah, you know, work is important and money's important and and moving forward and growing is very important and providing for your family is very important, you know. But uh that mental health, man, that mental health is very important because that's what's powering all that, right? It's powering all the work and all the responsibility and all the, you know, all the burden that that a human being you know, places on their shoulders. So it's important to have a little escape, man. It's important to have something you do for a couple hours a day, whether it's once a week or a couple times a week, where you just don't think about the everyday, okay? You're just thinking about hitting the fucking ball in the hole, okay? Or you're thinking about uh, skating around the block, doing the kickflip over the fucking stair set. Or you, you know, those are the things that, for me, they help me think about the now and not the future or what's coming or what bill I have to pay or what, 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 right? Uh, what do I have to do to make this money, right? I, that type of shit, you know, that, that's a, it's a burden. It's a big burden. Um, so, yeah, people... Find something, do something. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get my girl to do that. Her her thing is to go see her friends and and hang out with her friend and this and that. And that's great. You know, I still think she should do something active too. You know what I mean? Maybe go to the gym. <laughs> hey, you want to start a fight with a with your girl? Tell her, baby, go to the gym. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't mean it like that. Like. Uh, you need to get fit or something like that. No, I'm, I, I'd only suggest that because it's like my girl works so much. You know, she's one of the most hardworking people I know. Um, works way longer hours than me. You know, I'm that stay-at-home dad. I'm that stay-at-home poppy, okay? I'm poppy. Staying home with the dogs, doing the fucking podcast, and then I go to work. You know, and, and my work, it's like it varies, right? I work every day. But it it varies in time, so it's only a couple hours here or there. Um, I'm at most working like six hours or something like that, you know. Uh, 
So, you know, it's a lot easier for me to just get out of a lesson, a skate lesson or an art lesson or teaching a class to go and to go, you know, I still got, oh, I still got three hours till my girl gets home. I'm going to go skate or, you know, I got a couple hours. I got an hour or two before my girl gets home. I'm going to go to the gym, right? Um, so, you know, I, I am lucky in the sense that I have a lot of time that I can um, divide for a lot of things. And so that that keeps me, you know, I guess mentally in a good space. And, you know, I'd like, and I see that for my girl too. Like, come on, I, I want her to have, uh, she works so goddamn hard, you know, she deserves to have some time to escape from the realities of life. And it doesn't always have to be just going out with the girls to get, grab some wine or whatever, or eat and spend money. It could be like, you know, I want her to find, I want her to find something active because <clears throat> now I'm just using my girl as an example. Um, but I'm really trying to talk to whoever's listening now and being like, find something active, right? You not saying that, Hey, going out once a week with your friends isn't, is, is bad or anything like that. That's good too, right? You're getting social interactions. You're, uh, that's a different, that's a different type of mental stimulus. That's a good mental stimulus, right? But you know what? It also is a good mental stimulus is being fucking active. Okay. So like whether it's fucking playing tennis with somebody or going for a goddamn bike ride, you know, um, got to do something, got to do something. Uh, I think that has, I think that has tremendous, tremendous benefits. And, and I don't think most people in our country, I mean, I'm sure they do. They do realize that. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it just seems like, you know, growing up, it was always like obesity is hitting our children and been 90% of America is obese or I'm just throwing crazy statistics, you know, that I don't fucking know about. But let's, let's, let's look it up. Let's look it up. How, how many Americans are obese? <clears throat> Over 70 million adults in the U.S. are obese. Split, apparently it's split right down the middle. 35 million men, 35 million women. Uh, 99 million are overweight. Okay, so there's obese, overweight. Um, more women are overweight than... No, no, no. More men are overweight than women. Um, 45 million women are overweight and 54 million men are overweight. So uh, in a NHANES 2016 statistic showed that about... 39.6% of American adults were obese. So 40%, 40% of American adults were obese in 2016. What is the obesity rate in 2019? Uh, still same thing, 40% and, and 20% of children. <sighs> yeah. As of 2021, 42.4%. Um, but you know what, man? Not just obesity or being overweight or, or um, physically unhealthy. I think it's, I think if you don't have a release, a physical release, uh, you're going to get mentally unhealthy as well, you know, in the sense of, I'm sure that. Hey, I could be wrong. 
you know, but I'm sure that doing something active will release things in your body and release um, things in your mind that are going to take you out of whatever slump you're in, whatever mental slump you're in, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever. And hey, it's not something that just is on and off like a switch like that. It's not like you go to the gym tomorrow and then you should feel better and not have your fucking anxiety. It's not like that. Okay. It's, it's working on yourself. I think it's about dedicating time. It's about, uh, instilling some sort of discipline in your life to where you force yourself in a sense to go out and do something and you're going to see the benefits over time. It's like that. It's like my, um, last podcast that I did about turning 27 and going over my music over 10 years, you know, start at the first song and then listen to the last song. But if you listen to all those songs in the middle, you're going to see that growth. Okay. You're going to see where it starts to, I don't know, you know, click, you know, you're going to see when it starts to click. So I'd imagine in many aspects of life, that's how things are. So, you know, I'm just saying, Hey, go out, Go out and, you know, do something, do something, whether it's walk, ride a bike, go for a swim, go to the gym. I mean, there's so much shit you could do. You could do push-ups in your house. You could run and jump around in your house, wrestle your dog. I don't care. You know what I mean? Do something active. Uh, that's what makes shit happy. You know, people happy. Look at Look at dogs, okay? How do dogs get happy? You got to play with them. If not, they're just laying around the house, moping around the house all day. You know, the second you throw a ball, they're fucking stoked, though, right? You see how how they're smiling and shit, these damn dogs. So, you know, it's like that. It's like that. We just got to be a little more proactive with things. You know what I mean? That's crazy, though. 40%. 40% of us are obese. That's a lot, dude. That is a lot. Um, that's almost half of us. I wonder, I wonder how many um, people were obese back in the day. Look up how, how many people were obese in the 1700s. <laughs> uh, the history of obesity timeline. There we go. And that's what I'm looking for. And because you know what? Maybe people can be fat fucks the whole time. Uh, our, whole, our whole existence. Some of us. Obesity is a fascinating and destructive thing. It's fascinating in that it's unlikely... In, that it's uniquely human or human caused. It doesn't exist in nature because the slow or fat are killed uh, or die of hunger. Obesity is cascadingly destructive as the timeline will show. It's modern phenomenon with only a few pockets showing up during the Renaissance. The cost to health, environmental devastation, and money are staggering. Wow. So this is... Something written in uh, March 3rd, 2015. I don't know. One curator. What's his name? So we can give him some. Uh, what well, doesn't say. 
Uh, so we don't know who this is written by. <laughs> well, it's basically just a, let's see, starts off with 33,000 BC. Are you serious? First sculptural representations of the human body 20,000 to 35,000 years ago depict obese females. Well, those are those, um, God, what do they call those? Those are the sculptures or paintings of women that are like real round in the stomach and they have like big ass tits and shit. But it was like to to say, what was it? It was to symbolize that um, these are fertile women or, or a woman that's, uh, that's pregnant or something like that. It was, I forget what those are called. We learned about that in our history because there's a ton of them. Um, there's a ton of them. In 450 BC, the Greeks were first recognized First, to recognize obesity as a medical disorder, Hippocrates wrote that the corpulence is not only a disease itself, but the harbinger of others. Interesting. 600 BC, many cultures throughout history viewed obesity as a result of a character flaw. The obesus, or fat character in the Greek comedy, was a glutton and a figure, <clears throat> figure of mockery. 550 BC, Indian surgeon Shushurata. Wow, 550 BC, Indian surgeon? That's crazy. He related obesity to diabetes and heart disorders. 200 AD, during Christian times, food were viewed as a gateway to the sins of sloth and lust. Oh, people just eating and fucking all day, huh? That's what, that's what, that, <laughs> that's what my weekend was, okay? A gateway of sins of sloth and lust. 1300 AD to 1700 AD. During the Renaissance, some of the upper class began flaunting their large sizes. This is the time period we this is the time period we hear about and the time period that fat people are like, well, back in the day they used to see us as beautiful, right? <laughs> During the Renaissance, this is the time period. So 1300 to 1700. So 400 years of this. 400 years of fatties just running the world. And hey, dude, I'm not, hey, I'm not saying that fat people can't be beautiful, that people, you know, that are of a larger size aren't beautiful or sexy or anything like that. They totally could be, right? There's women that are into the dad bod, okay? Uh, what was that term we used to call people back in the day? The chubby chasers, right? There's that, man. Hey, I lived with a roommate who like, that's what he that's what he likes, man. He loves, you know, thicker women. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And I've seen some beautiful, beautiful people, right? That are that are overweight. Um, it's not about the overweightness itself that I'm talking about or any of that that I'm making fun of. It's like it's the health thing. You know, it's like uh it's like I know that I was doing damage to myself smoking cigarettes. You know, I was not oblivious to the fact that I'm doing damage to myself by smoking cigarettes, right? People shouldn't be oblivious to the fact oh, uh, that being obese, you're doing damage to your body, okay? Eating the way you're eating and having the, the sedit what is it, sedentary lifestyle that you have, you know, you just got to learn to, hey, if you accept it, you accept it. Just how I accepted, hey, I might fucking have a hole in my throat because I like smoking, right? So that's what I'm just trying to get at is people kind of have to fucking either accept it and not be so fucking, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm insensitive, but just like, 
you want to work on yourself, man. Don't you want to, don't you want to live a little longer, you know, or don't you just want to have a healthier existence? Um, but Hey dude, if you fucking don't care, go for, you know what I mean? It's no big deal. We've been fat forever. It looks like we've been fat since uh, 33,000 BC. (laughs) So it's just, it could just be your body too. You know, it's no big, no big deal. You're, you're barely, barely person. All right. Um, during the Renaissance, some of the upper class, right? We saw them flaunting portraits of Henry VIII and Alessandro del Boro. Rubens uh, regularly depicted full-bodied women in his pictures, from which derives from the term Rubenesque. Oh, okay. So when some, so when someone says, "Oh, that that ba- that girl Rubenesque," you know what I mean? Let's uh, see. That's what I'm talking about. There's people that are into that. It's no big deal. Um, 1909, average American ate four pounds of cheese. Wow. <laughs> what? By 2000, cheese consumption soared eightfold and, thir- and to 32 pounds of cheese per year. Crazy. Those craft singlets really started to add up, huh? 1962, U.S. has a 13% obesity rate. Really? 45% of a adult Americans were overweight in 1962. So we've gone down. Uh, 1971 average woman ate 1500 calories a day. By 2004, the average woman consumed more than 1800 calories a day. Um, most of this 21.7% calorie consumption increase were empty carbohydrates and sodas. 1995, the United States consumption of fast food tripled and food energy intake from the meals quadrupled since 1977. Obesity rate has climbed to 19.4% in 1997. Obesity rates have doubled by 2000 uh, since 1980, reaching a current rate of 33% of the adult population. Uh, 2004 hits a critical levels at 245 who estimates at least 400 million adults are obese. 2008, U.S. obesity looks unstoppable. Uh, <laughs> World, Horth, World, Her- blah, blah, blah. Sorry. The World Health Organization claimed that 1.5 billion adults, 20 and older, were overweight, and over these 200 million men and nearly 300 million women were obese. Oh, man. So let's, um, looks like the last one they have is from 2012. Oh, and then a prediction. Okay. 2012 of all countries, the United States has the highest rate of obesity. That's because we have McDonald's, uh, us 74.1% of people are overweight and 30% of those are obese. Oh my God. So, wow. So. 30% are obese and 44% are overweight. So I definitely fall in a 25% range of people weighing at 139 pounds. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, look, you know, dude, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough because I'm not a person in that body, you know, and I've eaten like a piece of shit my whole life, okay? I've eaten like a person who should weigh 200 pounds, but I don't. And that's my body type. You know, I've had abs since I came out of the womb. What's up with that? I got fucking lucky, man. 
And so it, it really could be like tough for people to, to shed weight, man. It could be tough for some people to shed weight, but I don't think it's about the, the thickness of a person or anything like that. We, we want your insides to be working. You know, it's like, look at it. Like if you're looking under the hood, we don't want you to have some fucking rusted ass parts. We got, we got to change that timing belt. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, man, I just, I just think physical exercise is not only going to make people physically healthier on the inside and the outside, but also mentally healthier. You know, and that could be skating or just fucking moving around, man. You know, just moving around will give you more of a will to live. That's all I'm getting at. I'm going to stop talking about that now. The history of, you know, shit. Anyways, let's look over the cat in the hat. Let's look that shit up before. This is what we're going to close off. Let's look up the cat in the hat controversy. Uh. Racist. What? It probably was. When was Cat in the Hat made? 1957. Cat in the Hat is a 1957 children's book written and illustrated by Theodore Gazel using the pen name Dr. Seuss. Yeah, 1957. Definitely racist. <clears throat> you can't expect... Dude... Oh, man. You know, it's... Maybe it is. Let's look why they think it's racist. But you know what? Here's the thing, guys. I'm not going to be surprised if there is some racist undertone in Cat in the Hat. Because it was written in 1957. You know? Let's see. The Times. Racist Dr. Seuss books fly off the shelves. (laughs) Oh, they're flying off the shelves, huh? If you if you didn't throw uh if you didn't invest in Dr. Seuss before, definitely don't now. Um It's not even popping up. What's going on here? <coughs> What's up with the controversy? <coughs> <coughs> It's funny, man. 1957. Of course it's going to be fucking racist. Dr. Seuss is a well-beloved icon who also drew some extremely racist stuff. All right? Show me the imagery. It's not going to show me the imagery. All right. On Tuesday, the publishing imprint Dr. Seuss Enterprises announced that it would cease publishing six books books by Dr. Seuss (laughs) that include offensive images. In a statement, which was published by the author's birthday, the publisher said it reached decision after working the panel of experts, including educators in the service of its mission of supporting all children and families with the messages of hope, inspiration, inclusion, and friendship. The six shelved books, I can't fucking read, huh? The six shelved books are comparatively obscure works of the Seuss canon and and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, okay, okay, these are the works, I'm sorry, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, McElliot's Pool on Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, 
and The Cat's Quizzer. Never heard of these fucking books. Beloved classics like The Cat in the Hat and Oh, The Places You'll Go remain untouched. Okay. So then why is everyone saying The Cat in the Hat? Oh, God. Uh, But the decision which caused enormous uproar across the right-wing infosphere is part of a larger debate raging across the children's literature community. For decades, the works of Dr. Seuss, real name Theodore Seuss Geisel, have been uh, considered the mo- both iconic childhood classics and bastions of liberalism. They are allotted for their celebration of all that makes us different, and Seuss books like Horton Hears a Who, The Sneetches, appear frequently in anti-racism, anti-racism curricula for children. Dude, this is... Uh, it's a fucking kid's book. You know what I mean? It's a fucking kid's book with cartoons and shit that some guy drew back in the day that had been a staple in, in American culture since. <clears throat> I'm not saying that you can't put dirty shit in in uh, kids. You can't be subliminal about... Clearly you can. Obviously you can. You remember that show Ren and Stimpy? Or whatever the fuck, that shit definitely had crazy subliminal shit in it, didn't it? I'm not saying that Dr. Seuss can't have crazy subliminal shit in it. But we're in such a cancel culture that it it really blows my mind. And it's, it's honestly got me thinking like, you know, obviously I don't have it many, um, a big audience right now. But you know what? I do have somewhat of an audience because I see the numbers, okay? We're doing pretty good. We're almost at 500 plays in total. Um, I wouldn't, I, I don't put it past me to finally hit a thousand plays, um, by next month, by the end of this month. And look, I started this in what, uh, uh, February. So we've been at it a month and we're all, we're almost at a thousand plays. Um, and I've got an audience and today I tuned on and I saw that a couple, you know, 1% listened from Australia and 1% listen from Ireland, so I'm getting new fucking people, not just U.S., okay? Uh, Ireland, New Zealand, and Australia for some reason. One or two people listened out of there, which is fucking tight. But we're in such a cancel culture, man, that it's got me thinking like, I, you know, should I be careful with what I say or should I just say what I say? And then that that's who I'm going to attract is the people that, you know, think similarly, but Hey, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist either. Uh, because I'm, dude, growing up, I fucking endured racism. Growing up, I moved from Puerto Rico to here when I was 10. You know what kids called me as a name? As a fucking nickname for four years of my life? Beaner. Beaner. All the fucking white kids down here called me Beaner. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Call me Beaner. I don't know what that means, right? I'm from, I'm 10. I'm from Puerto Rico. Call me Beaner. What does that mean? Oh, it means, uh, it means a Mexican person. I'm not Mexican, dude. I'm poor. I just told you I'm Puerto Rican, right? And this fucking kid was, well, I thought, I think it'd be funny or whatever. And I didn't know. I didn't fucking really understand racism yet. I just moved from Puerto Rico to Orlando, right? First day, pretty much this kid's like, can I call you Beaner? Okay. Dude, from there on, everybody call me Beaner. Till I was fucking, I want to say 13, 14, people called me Beaner. And I didn't, I just wrote it out. I said, whatever, man. I don't fucking care. It's not 
I don't even, it's not even hurting me. Dude, it got to the point where it just was so desensitized and people didn't even see it as a racist thing. They just put my face to it. Oh, it's the little skater kid, right? I didn't see color. Um, it was almost like unknowingly I took away the power of that word from that piece of shit kid that was fucking saying it to be a racist fucking cunt, right? I took the power away when I said, yeah, go for it. And then you know what I started doing? I became cooler than him, okay? He was older than me. I was a fucking 12-year-old, you know, skating harder than he was. And, um, you know, I just took away the power from that, that name that he gave me. I took away that power because I ended up being cooler than he was, right? He had a crush on this neighbor neighbor girl who was, uh, you know, she was like 14, I was 12, and he was like around 15 or something like that. And, dude, I ended up hooking up with her, and he didn't even, right? That's how much cooler I was than he was, dude. Um, so I took away that power. So I'm not saying that there's not racism, man, because I've, I have experienced racism many times in life. You know, growing up, my mom, who's a lawyer, who is a lawyer, you know, she told me straight up for years, <clears throat> you're going to get in trouble with these white kids. And when you get in trouble with these white kids, um, the one, you know, the one who's going down is you. You're the minority. You're the Hispanic one. You're the one who's going to go down. And sure enough, you know, a couple years later when I was 16, I got roped up with some white boys who got in trouble, got arrested. Who's the one who got prosecuted? The minority. Who's the one that got the six to six probation? The minority. So racism's fucking real, right? But when it comes to, you know, controversy over Dr. Seuss, <clears throat> I don't know. I want to see it. You know, I need to see these uh I need to see these pictures. Um and they're not showing me. Let's see. There aren't that many racial... I'm, I'm reading from the, the Vox right now about this. There aren't that many racial caricatures in Dr. Seuss's children's books, um, mostly because there aren't that many non-white characters in Dr. Seuss's children's books. Hmm. In their study, Ishizuka and Stevens counted 45 characters of color among the, the 2,240 human characters who appeared in Dr. Seuss's 50 books, which works out to just 2%. Notably, all of these characters are male. There are no girls or women of color in the Dr. Seuss canon. <clears throat> and when the characters of color do appear in these uh, books... They appear as racial caricatures. In their study, Shizuka Stevens found that all 45 color, uh, uh, characters of color were either subservient, exotified, dehumanized, or some combination of the three, or some combination of the three. Dr. Seuss's characters of color drive carriages for whip-wielding white characters dressed in turbans and rice paddy hats and never speak out loud. Most of them are Orientalist caricatures, and the two that aren't are those African characters drawn as monkeys in If I Ran the Zoo. Jesus. Well, let's see it. If I Ran the Zoo. I'm going to start looking at these for myself. Because here's, here's the thing, and here's why I got a little riled up. Um, dude, 
This was written in 1957. Of course it's racist. Here's the thing. I'm not fucking surprised that it's racist, man. <clears throat> if I ran the zoo. I'm not fucking surprised that he's that it's racist, dude. It was written in the fucking 50s. He's a trippy fucking guy. You know what I mean? Look at these drawings, dude. You got to understand the time period. You know? And it wasn't that long ago. And it wasn't that long ago. If I ran the zoo monkeys. Come on. Show me the monkeys. They won't show it, huh? They won't fucking show it. I can't find a single image of a fucking monkey. Bro, you know what I mean? Like... Dude, he's drawing, like, humans don't even look human in, in this shit that he's drawing, okay? You got fucking who's and shit, whatever they're fucking called, bro. Uh, dude, what else did they say? What other one? I'm just gonna look, Dr. Doctor Seuss racist imagery. <laughs> There's gotta be a couple. But, you know, honestly, I mean... I don't know, bro. Mulberry Street. That's the one. I mean, who brought it to their attention? Had to be people. Oh, here we go. I finally found a little clip of one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do look a little more animalistic. Like, definitely got some. But, dude, you know, this oriental one, the, the oriental, it's just got like a, you know, yeah, he's he's colored yellow. <laughs> he's colored yellow. And he's got a little um Chinese hat. But what the fuck else? How, how else are you going to describe a ch uh, being in Asia? <laughs> in 1957. <laughs> oh, this one's bad, though. The, the, the black one for sure. My name's Crusoe Robinson Jr. May I have the honor of joining you? Not unless you swim back after some flit, mister. The flies on this island are fearful. Hmm. I mean, yeah, he drew the black person, you know, pretty damn black with some big old lips, that's for sure. But it's, but they're not, you know, it's not like... It doesn't seem too racist, just racist in the sense of how it's drawn, you could say. But even that is like, these are caricatures, man. And it's 1957. Oh, wow. That one's pretty bad. Whoa. There's no way he drew that. Yeah, he probably did. He did. He signed his name and everything. Whoa, look at this one. I mean, yeah, you definitely have to stop producing that one if that one was produced. This one has legit like a room full of black dudes, but they got them like black, bro. Like they got you like colored black, right? And this fucking white dude is says, take home a high grade nigga for your woodpile. Satisfaction guaranteed. What the fuck? And it's got signed Dr. Seuss. And this was uh, early work from June 1st, 1929, dude. The, well, see, the, the times aren't correlating there. 
1929. How let me let me look up Dr. Seuss. <clears throat> Whatever his name is, Theodore. Literally, Dr. Seuss racist is the first fucking thing that pops up now. I mean, look, like I said, not going to be surprised if it's racist. He was born March 2nd, 1904. Crazy. So, yeah, he could have totally drawn those at in 1929. He was 25. He probably did. 100%. Listen, man. It was just a different time. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. or It definitely is wrong, obviously. Wrong, right? But I'm not saying it's right, right? It, it's a different fucking time, dude. They did not view us in a good light, man. They still don't, right? They still don't. But props to Dr. Seuss's fucking company or whatever for taking them off, right? Oh, here's another one. Wow. Hmm. See, no one gave him shit for drawing this uh, Japanese one because we were at war in 1942. So, no one gave him shit for that one. That was okay when he was racist there, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, dude, it was just he's a white fucking dude in, in 19, early 1900s. And we're still publishing his shit. You know? I mean, what? Cancel the whole thing. I don't give a fuck. Fuck Dr. Seuss. Even though that shit had me dying today uh, or, or the other day at Universal. You know, we're almost at 100 years of looking at the same book. Let's write a new book, okay? Why is it that we fucking make uh, the same movie over and over again, right? We keep making the same movies to make them better and better. Why on earth are we still making Batman? All right? Why are we doing this shit? Why do we keep uh, humans, man? We're just so into the familiar, right? And and it's like we can't do anything new or something like that. So fuck it. I'm gonna start writing my own my own fucking books. Um, and I'm gonna be racist towards white people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking joking. But I might do some caricatures. Why not? You know? I work with kids. I might as well make kids books. I actually got an idea for which type of book I'd want to do. And, you know, and maybe you can exert some political flex in in it subliminally and all that stuff. I mean, that's what art is. But, yeah, you got to understand that was a whole different time. And, hey, if those views aren't congruent with our views now, kick it to the fucking door. Why do we need to fucking still teach kids the cat in the hat? You know, let's find a new book, right? Let's find a new fucking book to support. Let's find, how about one of your friends who's, you know, probably publishing their own kids' books that you don't fucking support? How about buying those, huh? 2021, let's get it, let's get it moving, people. That's going to be my, my fucking uh, motto for the year. Let's get it moving, people. 
All right, let's not, I don't want to see this on Facebook or any news thing for the next five days. Dr. Seuss racism. Yeah, 1957, 1929, he was putting out some racist shit, dude, for sure. You know why? Because he was probably a racist white man living in the 1900s. Very common, okay? Very common. (laughs) The crazy thing is, is that it took us, uh, Damn near, near a hundred years to, to realize that, right? Scary. There's a lot of shit going on, man. A lot of stuff. And again, not going to say that racism is not real because it totally is. And it's totally out there. Um, now it's just more hidden. Now it's more, um, subliminal. You could call it. And hey, you know, I'm not saying that like the the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that is isn't important, right? Because that that stuff is important right now. And I think you know you you have to do something, and you do have to say say and speak up, right, um, to get things moving. Call to actions, right? But like I said, and maybe I'm wrong, man. I don't know. I don't, you know, who am I to fucking talk, dude? I'm just talking shit because I can do my own little podcast and these are my views and, and they're probably, you know, not the best views or whatever. Um, and, and they change over time, right? But maybe there is some strength into that taking the power away from uh, the word and the racist, you know, and Hey, that's what worked for me when I encountered racism was letting them assume that, Oh yeah, you think you got the power? Well, fucking times are changing. You know, call me that name. Don't matter. Means nothing to me. Right. Means nothing to me. And, uh, and I focused on what I did on what I loved and, you know, Where's that guy now? Sad. Sad to think about. But, you know, fuck him. <clears throat> I know I'm doing well. And I'll, I know that in that town or whatever, that name, it had a different meaning. I could be wrong. Maybe they just they maybe they were just all fucking being racist, but I got a lot of love from people and you know, people don't call me that anymore, obviously. That stopped in high school. That stopped as soon as we got into high school. It stopped, you know, Um, because also that kid was gone, going into college or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, by by that time it was like, it's done, right? That, that name had, had lost its power. It lost its, uh, its appeal to call me that. Um, Yeah. And I was also a kid who, like, if you, if you really, like, did something to piss me off or if you did something that was uh, fucked up to somebody else or, you know what I mean, or if you really got to me in a certain way, I I held nothing back, dude. I would punch you right in the fucking face. I did not give a fuck, okay? I got in many, many, many fights growing up. Um, and... Maybe dealing with racism is also like dealing with the bullies, right? You got to kind of know when when uh, somebody crosses that line, 
that's when when you got to do it. Okay. My dad always told me growing up, you know, you don't want to fight. You don't want to start a fight. You don't want to fucking do any of that shit. You don't want to go out um, talking shit to people. The second somebody crosses a certain line, right? Touches a woman, um, is hurting somebody around you. uh, The second somebody takes it across that line, you have to fucking stick somebody in the face. You know, you have to. That's what my dad told me growing up from like four to, I don't even know, throughout my teens, right? And he saw me, he saw that I would get into fights. I would come with black eyes, with pussy eyes, with whatever, you know what I mean? A couple cuts in the face or whatever, but I always fuck people up. Um, Got them hands, boy. Got them hands. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe thinking maybe I should go boxing, go to get a boxing gym or something. But yeah, I was really into fighting and you know, at the same time it's like when someone crosses a line, yeah, you have to you have to do something about that. And there's the only way to shut somebody up, truly truly shut somebody up is if you fucking check them. Okay? Sometimes that's what it is, man. People just need to be checked. And like I said, or maybe I was going to say it was you know, this whole cancel culture and and all this stuff your heart is in the right place, but let's let's focus on the you know let's focus on maybe the possibly the right things. You know, if if Dr. Seuss is racist, let's move past Dr. Seuss. Fuck Dr. Seuss, right? Boycott him if you want. I don't give a fuck, but just don't blast my whole feet about it, right? Just don't fucking read Dr. Seuss. You know what I mean? Don't show your kids Dr. Seuss. It's just old as fuck, anyways, right? Get a new book. Um, I don't know, man. No. A lot of cancel culture. Was it? Uh, they're canceling Eminem. They're trying to cancel Eminem, right? And hey, that's a dude who's always been in controversy. From the moment he came out, he's been in controversy. I'm not surprised he's in controversy too, right? He's literally been saying crazy shit his entire career. He's been saying shit that has gotten him in multiple beefs, you know, so much media attention, right? Um, but Americans, they revel in that, man. They revel in that. That's what they want. Um, but it's like, hey, you're going to cancel Eminem? Who's listening to Eminem right now anyways? Not many people, right? I'm sure he's got his hardcore fans. But like, hey, if you don't fucking, what do you got to cancel him for? You know what I mean? You're going to cancel Eminem, yet you got uh, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj talking about sucking dick in every fucking song, Okay. Why is that okay? Right? Why is that okay? Uh, it's kind of scary for freedom of speech in a sense, you know? <clears throat> yeah. No one's canceling Cardi B, right? Uh, here's a good way to think about it, though. Here's a great way to think about it. All right? When you're hot, right? When you're 20, 30, and you're hot and you're fucking on top of the world and you're an, a big signed artist or whatever, or an actor or celebrity, and you're in your 20s and 30s and you're hot and you're fucking everything in sight, right? And everyone's just throwing themselves at you and you're fucking, you know, you're God, right? You're feeling like a God or goddess and you're on top of the world. No one's going to touch you. It's when you start hitting the 40s, the 50s, when these celebrities and artists and musicians and, you know, they start getting a little older, um, then the allegations start coming out, <laughs> you know, then the allegations start coming out. Oh, he did this, you know, 20 years ago. So hard to prove, right? 
he did this 20 years ago, but 20 years ago you were, you know, you were the fucking man and you were crushing it and you just got done with a show and there was a groupie who said she'd suck your dick and you fucking got that. And all of a sudden she's saying you made her suck your dick, right? I'm sure that shit's happened so much. And I, I feel like that's what a lot's going on right now over that, in that side of that Hollywood where they're just like boycotting, you know, people and the James Franco and the Marilyn Manson. And, you know, I'm not saying they didn't do this. You know, I'm not saying what they were doing is some sort of fucked up because it totally is, man. They're so, they're doing that shit so much, you know, and, and it's such a level and, um, but look, they're not the only ones to blame, man. You know, women, man. Women. Here's my thing with women. You need to own up and take responsibility for, I don't know, being a part of it. It's a 50-50 thing most of the time. I'm not saying that, obviously, shit doesn't happen and there aren't people like Chris Brown. What about Chris Brown, dude? Huh? What about Chris Brown? The second those fucking photos of Rihanna came out, we should have stopped listening to Chris Brown, right? But we didn't. There's still fucking chicks going to his shows trying to fucking grab his dick, okay? Knowing that. Knowing that. So I'm not saying that there aren't piece of shit people out there like that. But why the fuck isn't Chris Brown canceled, right? You're trying to cancel James Franco or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not saying they possibly didn't do that, but they're not coming out with photos of them beating the fuck out of women, right? Um, <clears throat> and it's also like, hey, women, we are not dumb. We know how you get when a celebrity walks in the room. Shit, men get a certain way when a celebrity or somebody famous walks into a room because there's a different aura, okay? You're looking at top of the line. You're looking at... um. What is it? Top of the food chain, alpha male or alpha alpha female, right? You look that's the pinnacle. So obviously there's gonna be feelings of I wanna fuck that, right? <laughs> I wanna I wanna mate with that, right? On a subconscious level. So women, let's just take responsibility in the sense of being like, we know that if someone who's got wealth, class, looks, the whole nine, um, we know that's that's a no-brainer, okay? If I'm over here, I'm broke as hell, and I could, and I'm over, and, you know, when I, a couple years ago, broke twenty-year-old, you know, and I'd tell girls how broke I am and this and that. I'm getting laid left and right, okay? If I can do that, imagine what fucking Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp could do, right? It's until they get a little older that the allegations start coming out, right? The allegations. I don't know. I just feel like the cancel culture and all this shit, it's it's like, it's getting a little crazy. And the, like I said, your heart is in the right place. You want to do this for the right reasons. Um, but I just feel like it's going all over the place. And I just feel like if we're canceling the wrong things, man. You know, we're canceling the wrong things, I feel like. And it gets a little ridiculous, you know. I, I'm also a person who's always been in the middle, right? I'm, I'm almost a person who I can see both ends. You know, I'm I'm empathetic in that sense that I could hop around, I could see both ends, and that's why I think, you know, my my views are more in the middle of the sense that 
you know, I know race, there's racism. I know that there's fucking, um, piece of shit men out there. All right. I know that there's people out there that shouldn't be in power that are in power. Okay. I know that the world's doing things that we shouldn't be doing, but I'm also not oblivious to the fact, you know, I'm also a person who loves history and, and has studied history. And if you look, we've been pieces of shit for a long time and we're actually in the best time ever, you know, and, um, I'm not going to be oblivious to the fact that there is shit that goes down, you know, but we should try and cancel the, the, the things that should be canceled. Okay. And, um, what's the thing, you know, innocent until proven guilty, I guess type of shit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place, but anyways, Monday morning reflections, um, I had a good weekend. It's been a good time. Hey, if you're still with me, I appreciate it. Roman the Stoic. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, This is the Risk Report. Peace. Different dude with a different tune Show me what your spirit do Give me clues
clues to the puzzle Before I cruise in my shadow Choose a rebuttal Head in the skies and my shoes on a puddle And I move so subtle With some goals and the truth don't mumble Gather around like a huddle Cause even stones can crumble And turn to rubble I don't know why I'm searching for but I can tell it's for another round What is this spell? You put me under